Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Yesterday, nine hours and four minutes of daylight. Today, nine hours and five minutes of daylight. Let your heart be light. Make of your heart a great light. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Let's begin with a good story. It's a true story. The author remains anonymous. Just settle in. Here you go. My grandma was not the gushy kind, never has been. When kids at school started telling lies about Santa Claus, I tore across town on my bike to visit her. I fled to her, really, because I knew she would tell me the truth. Grandma always told me the truth. She was home. I told her everything. She was ready for me. Ridiculous. Don't believe it, she snorted. That rumor's been going around about Santa for years, and it makes me mad, plain mad. Now put on your coat, let's go. Go? Go where, I wondered. Where turned out to be Kirby's general store. As we walked through the doors, Grandma handed me $10. That was a fortune in those days. Take this money, she said, and buy something for someone who needs it. I'll wait for you in the car. She turned and walked out. I was eight years old. I'd often gone shopping with my mother, but I'd never shopped for anything by myself. The store was big and overcrowded, full of people scrambling to finish their Christmas shopping. For a few moments, I just stood there, confused, clutching my $10 bill, wondering what to buy for someone who needed something. I thought of everybody I knew, my family, friends, neighbors, everybody at school and at church. I was just about thought out when I thought of Bobby Decker. He was a kid with terrible teeth and messy hair, and he sat right behind me in Mrs. Pollock's second grade. Bobby Decker didn't have a coat. I knew that because he never went out for recess during winter. His mother always wrote a note telling the teacher that he had a cough, But we all knew that Bobby Decker didn't have a cough, and he didn't have a coat. I fingered the $10 bill with growing excitement. I would buy Bobby Decker a coat. I found a red corduroy coat with a hood, really warm. This was the one. Is this a Christmas present for someone? The woman behind the counter asked kindly as I handed over the $10. Yes, I replied proudly, it's for Bobby, he doesn't have a coat. The woman smiled at me, she put the coat in a bag and wished me Merry Christmas. That evening, Grandma clipped the price tag from the coat. 
1995 and tucked it into her Bible. Then she helped me wrap it in Christmas paper and ribbon. On a little card, I wrote, To Bobby from Santa. Grandma said that Santa always exists on secrecy and that I was now and forever one of Santa's helpers. Then she drove me over to Bobby Decker's house. Grandma parked down the street. She and I crept noiselessly onto his lawn and hid in the bushes by the walkway. Then Grandma gave me a nudge. All right, Mr. Claus, she whispered, get going. I took a deep breath, dashed through the front door, threw the present down on the stoop, pushed in the doorbell, and flew back to the safety of the bushes in Grandma. My heart pounded as we waited in the darkness for the front door to open. Finally, it did. And there stood Bobby Decker. Fifty years haven't dimmed the thrill of those moments spent shivering beside my grandmother in Bobby Decker's front yard. That night I realized that the awful rumors about Santa Claus were just what Grandma said they were, ridiculous. Santa was alive and well, and we were on his team. Let your heart be light. Make of your heart a great light. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. The prophet Isaiah is pleading with King Ahaz to put his faith in God's promise to Israel rather than in alliances with strong military powers such as Syria's. Isaiah tells the fearful king there will be a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Imagine King Ahaz's reaction with Assyria breathing down his neck, a baby. What I need is a good army, and God sends me a baby? Isn't that just like God? American theologian William Willimon writes, this is often the way God loves us. With gifts we thought we didn't need, which utterly transform us. Author Nancy Dahlberg tells the story of the year her young family had to spend Christmas Day driving the 400 miles from San Francisco to Los Angeles in order to be back at work. They stopped for lunch at a little diner in King City, and inside their one-year-old son, Eric, began squealing, hi there, and pounding his fat baby hands on the metal tray of the high chair. His face was alive with excitement, eyes wide, gums bared in a toothless grin. His mother turned to see the source of his merriment and got a kind of visceral shock. Across the room was a disheveled old man, as toothless as Eric, wearing filthy, tattered clothes, his toes poking out of his shoes. He was talking to her son. Hi there, baby, he said. Hi there, big boy. I see you, Buster. Eric wriggled and chirped and giggled. 
the meal arrived. Nancy Wahlberg and her husband Dennis exchanged looks as the volume increased. Now the guy was calling across the dining room, do you play patty cake? boy. do you know peekaboo? Hey look, he knows peekaboo. No one else in the restaurant thought this was cute. The old geezer was drunk and completely disruptive. Eric continued to laugh and answer, hi there. As Dennis got up to pay the check, he whispered to Nancy to meet him in the parking lot. She extricated Eric from his high chair, gathered him into her arms, and headed out. The old man, however, was seated next to the door. As she passed him, the baby suddenly reached out and lunged for him, propelling himself right into his arms. The old man and the baby clutched each other in a loving embrace. Nancy froze. Eric lay his tiny head on the man's ragged shoulder. The man's eyes closed, and tears hovered beneath the lashes. His aged, filthy hands gently, so gently, cradled the baby's bottom and stroked his back. I stood awestruck, she continues. The old man rocked and cradled Eric in his arms for a moment. And then his eyes opened and set squarely on mine. He said in a firm, commanding voice, now you take care of this baby. Somehow I managed to squeeze the words, I will, from a throat that seemed to have a stone lodged in it. He pried Eric from his chest unwillingly, longingly, as though he were in pain. I held my arms open to receive my baby, and again the gentleman addressed me. God bless you, ma'am. You've given me my Christmas gift. With Eric back in my arms, I hurried toward the car. Dennis wondered why I was holding him so tightly, weeping. All I could say was, my God, don't let me forget. Please don't let me forget. Mother Teresa said, Christ, in all his distressing disguises, let your heart be light. Make of your heart a great light. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Beloved spiritual companions, may we, like Grandma, tell the truth. May we, like the eight-year-old boy, think hard and long how best to spend what we have to give. May we, like the woman behind the counter, add our generosity to others. And let us not forget. A stranger comes to us, blesses us, and calls us to see ourselves as we are. Empty-handed recipients of a gracious God 
who rather than leave us to our own devices, gave us a baby. Let your heart be light. May we make of our hearts a great light. Let us rejoice and be exceedingly glad. <laughs>